Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hello. Hello. I don't know if I'm on air or not. Okay, I see the dial moving. Uh, text me if you can hear me. My audio is not playing. I'm going to try to reload it and see what happens. Bear with me. Fighting with this, these electronics for a little while. Now, there's more than one way to skin a cat, so I'm gonna go ahead and stay on air. I was already on air once and it didn't, uh, wasn't working, but I think I'm on air now, so I'm gonna remain for now. Um, so it's Palm Sunday. Hope you had a, uh, good day in the Lord, a celebration of Jesus, hosannas, and glory to God. I hope that you gave him the praise and the glory today. Uh, remember, remember when Jesus came down, uh, everyone recognized him, tore palm branches down and threw them on the ground and treated him as a king threw their coats down and made a path for him, giving him honor and glory. So we want to remember to give him praise and glory, but not forget like they did in the next week he was crucified. Now he has to be, Jesus had to come and to die on the cross. We understand that and he fulfilled the prophecies in the Old Testament that he would come that he would be sacrificed, the spotless lamb would be shed for our sins, for our trespasses. And so we're going to praise him and glorify him and honor through this week, and we will celebrate Easter this coming Sunday and celebrate Christ who gave his life, the Son of God, and surrendered himself to a physical body so that he could sacrifice himself and redeem us from eternal damnation so that we could have through his sacrifice eternal life and it's offered freely as a gift to all who will believe admit that that is true and surrender your life to him and have that same blessing that I know that I have which is eternal life with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when I leave this physical world and enter into the everlasting. So I have no doubts that that will happen, and I hope that you have no doubts either. Uh, this podcast is going to be more like I have been doing since I've started the podcast, is to share God's Word and apply it to our current life, and to expose corruption, expose wickedness. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, first, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. We thank you for 
and the privilege it is to be able to come together with uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ at the Ecclesia and to come to the church, the church house that we've designated as the, the beacon of light to the community. I'm thankful that we as the body of Christ, the living body, can come to a certain place, a specific place and to worship you and study your word together. It's encouraging, uplifting, it's motivating for all those involved to be able to grow close to the Lord, to be able to surrender to Him and understand that in Him we move and breathe and have our being, have our existence only through God, through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. God created us, He gave us life, He gave us breath. The least we can do is to surrender our lives to Him through our, His Son, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that and the opportunity. Pray to bless this podcast and those listening. Help us to honor and glorify you with what we do and what we say. And we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Bear with me momentarily. Whoops. Need to clean my desk off. Nope, that's not working either way. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe I'll figure it out next podcast. But I don't have any of my audio is none of my audio is working, so I'll have to play in a different way. Um, I have a an article I want to look at here. I want to go to scripture first, and what I want to call out is the. As you see in the about, it says corruption at Disney. And it has Matthew chapter 18, verse 6, and 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and Jude. And I don't know if we'll cover all of that. If not, we'll we'll continue on a, another podcast. Um, but what we do is we're going to take what is going on, current events, and compare them to the Word of God, and we're going to judge. Now, see, I'm not being political. People accuse me of being political, but I'm not. Yes, I vote Republican, but I look and see and judge people's actions and base them on God's word and the circumstances. I judge circumstances, situations, and I take God's word, which I, I seek to meditate on. I seek to live by and to follow in my daily life, and I look and see how it follows corresponds with God's word, whether it's to edification, to good things, righteous things, or it's to condemnation of wicked things, disobedience to God. And when we take God's word, there is a light. There's two things. Either one is good or one is bad. Um, And we as Christians specifically have to as we are an example to the world, we have to make sure that we do, we say good things in the light of God, in the light of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and we need to allow Him to guide us and direct our thoughts, our speech, and our actions. And we are, as God has left us, and on this earth, after we give our heart and life to Christ, notice we don't, we're not translated like Enoch or Elijah. God leaves us here. That means we have a job to do. One of our jobs is to win souls 
and to expose wickedness. Win souls, expose wickedness. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be set an example of good things, righteous things, obedience to God. And that's what I intend to do. So, Matthew 18, and there's been a lot of exposing lately the truth. And we're supposed to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And it doesn't matter what subject. It doesn't matter what situation. It doesn't matter what circumstance. We are supposed to speak truth. We're not liars or shouldn't be liars like the father of the devil because the devil's not my father but he's the father of lies he's the father of liars my father is god my savior jesus christ the son of god i serve him i don't serve the devil we have to decide which father we serve which one is our father? So as we expose evil and expose wickedness, I want to call out, and I, I did as well in the last podcast. I had an interview with my brother, Brian, uh, at the podcaster, the sacred musician, and we had a good interview there. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It, was, it, it ties into what we're speaking about today on this podcast. Um, so the subject is the corruption at Disney. That's the title. But it's corruption anywhere you find it. And this exposing it, the fact that it's being exposed at Disney means that it's running rampant in many places, if not all places around us. And we have to, as Christians, stand up and resist the evil. The devil is actively targeting children. Uh, with wicked things, with evil, with propaganda. He's getting young people with Marxism, socialism, um, communism. And he takes these things, CRT, critical race theory, uh, queer theory. Um, he's taking these things and then unloading it on to children. But he doesn't just... Up dump everything on them at once he does it little by little he does it subtly over a span of time that way nobody really catches it and sees what's going on the devil is a sly one he's like a fox a sly fox he's like a serpent he's very patient very methodical but his intent is to destroy as peter said the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, not sit with, not sup with, not eat with, not drink with, but to devour. He wants to destroy you. And as I've said before, the devil knows his time is, is to end as soon, and he wants to take every one of God's creatures with him, damned to hell. And that's what the devil wants. And it's easier if you can target children because they're more uh, persuasive, more persuadable, more gullible, more manipulate, manipulative. And that's why it's important for us as parents. Um, my wife and I, we have five children. We are very grateful 
then God has given us five children. And we have this obligation to be able to teach them the Word of God. And we are doing it. We are, our desire is to please Him in training them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. You know, God's Word says to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. There's a point when you're a child, you grow to become responsible for your decisions and you have to decide whether you're going to follow the way you were taught, the way you were trained, or you're going to reject it and turn it away, turn your back to it. Uh, we all will have that decision. And if we've been trained according to God's word properly, we'll make the right decision because we'll understand the war between God and between the devil. We'll understand sin. We'll understand disobedience. We'll understand wickedness. We'll understand righteousness. And we'll, be, we'll have been grounded and founded on the right things according to the grace of God and the, the Holy Spirit moving. And we'll follow Him. We'll follow our Lord and Savior. Uh, so I hope that you will, if you haven't already, and I hope that you'll share this with others and let them know uh, what must be done. So what is happening is, and we're going to speak about Disney again, is that Disney is grooming children. And I'm going to use that word. They're grooming children. And if you'll turn on any Disney channel now, you go on to, um, I forget what it's called, but you can go to any of, it's like um, skits, and you'll watch them, and you'll notice that in every single episode, the child is smart, the child is wise, uh, the child is cunning, uh, but the parents are stupid. The parents are dumb. The parents rely on the children to make decisions that the parents should be making. And you see that, well, that's no big deal. Well, it is a big deal because what that is teaching, it's, it's remember, these shows are geared to children. What this is telling children is that, oh, well, yeah, I do know a lot. I do, I do know about that. My, my parents are dumb. They, they really don't know everything, do they? I'm smarter than them. I think I can figure this out without them. I think I can do this without my parents. I think I don't have to listen to them on that. They didn't listen to their parents. I don't have to listen to them. And on and on and on. It creates a, a gap between the children and the parents. And it's an unhealthy one because it takes the order which God has put in place. It uh, scrambles it. Therefore, the children are disrespectful, rude to their parents. Those they don't respect authority, they end up not respecting uh, those that they should respect. Therefore, they they lead a life of trouble with the law, trouble with the um, socially, because they did not respect their parents, and they were taught at a young age not to respect their parents. Well, this is also in schools. Uh, there was a clip that I heard that, and I can't remember what 
I don't know the school and I don't know the teacher, but teachers are deliberately encouraging children to hide things from their parents or to lie to their parents. Uh, one example is that uh, these teachers had a like a closet, a changing room for the children whose parents, who the children who are hiding that they're transgender or whatever from their parents so they can be, I think they said straight with your parents. And then when you come to school, you can change into the clothes for the, and be the person that you really are. And that's what these teachers are doing at public schools. Now, as I've told you before, I'm a second generation homeschooler and I intend to keep it that way because I know that the indoctrinations in schools is real and that children do not need to be exposed to that if you want them to be capable of thinking logically and critically and living a life pleasing to the Lord. There's so many people that I speak to you tell that are just completely duped into the an alter reality, if I can say that. But when we take God's word, it really boils down to wickedness, unrighteousness, disobedience to God. God created us and we have an obligation to follow him and serve him, but he's given us a free will to choose. We can decide. He gives us the option through his grace and his mercy allows us to decide, but we are not promised tomorrow. Life is short. It's like a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So I want to get into this. Uh, Disney has uh, this LGBTQ that they're pushing. And at one time it was LGBTQ plus P, but now it's LGBTQ plus. And so they're accepting whatever you want to be. And they're kind of trying to, it, they've been hiding it, but now it's all out in the open now with Ron DeSantis. And I, I quoted what he said on the last podcast, if the interview with the sacred, the sacred musician. I quoted what Governor Ron DeSantis said and why Disney was in an outrage. And this is along the same lines, but we're gonna, I'm going to give you some evidence of what they're teaching to the kids, indoctrinating. Now, I, I can go to this in another podcast, but Disney has been doing this almost, if not since its foundation. Disney is able to govern themselves and they're not under the rule of Florida. And I have been told that they were they are part of a CIA indoctrination. And Disney's been like that for what? I guess well, have only been around 80 years, 75 to 80 years. I don't know. But it's been part of the CIA um, as PSYOP. But anyway, we can do that in another podcast if you're interested. Just let me know. But anyway, right now, current events. Disney's the CEO has been blasting Ron DeSantis because he stood up and he made up the a bill to prevent any prevent anyone in Florida from teaching children anything about sex, anything at all, uh, from K four to uh, third grade, um, and they're all blowing up. All the 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 LGBTQ are just torn up because they can't teach kids about their um, lifestyle. Uh, but it's not a lifestyle. It's it's a sin. It's disobedience against God. 
So I want to share something with you. Like I said, my audio is not working, but I found a Pixar uh, movie. It's a Pixar short, and it's uh, two. It's two gay men that are, I guess, supposed to be a couple. And this is a, a Pixar. This is a Disney movie, a short. So I don't know if, if you don't know what shorts are, but when you're watching a movie, if a lot of times a, a full length movie will have a short in front of it. And so now there's a whole list of shorts that you can watch if you want to watch these short clips. This one's like 10 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it show the end of showing two men. It's based on a true story and the men are gay, but they're hiding it from one of the guy's parents and he's trying to keep them from knowing. And on top of that, the two men that produced this short, they're uh, gay themselves. They work at Disney and this is the stuff they're pushing on kids. They're, they're grooming them into this corrupt, wicked lifestyle. That's what they're doing. And so in the you can watch the short, you can see them. They have a picture of the two hugging each other. Uh, they say it was so rewarding to have a clip the first time two men kissing each other. So they actually have it in this and what's actually called out. And there's two men kissing each other in this clip. That's, I'm not going to play the whole thing. If you were to watch it to see what I'm talking about, you will see they also have a porn, gay porn calendar in the clip the short clip it's in there so i'm going to play a little bit i don't know how much i'll play uh just a few seconds so if you want to listen to this hi i'm steve the director of pixar spark short out and i'm max the producer of out about a year ago our spark short film out came out on disney plus on harvey milk's birthday yeah it's just kind of one of those happy coincidences you know celebrating not only the birthday of our film, but the birthday of someone who, you know, has meant so much to the to the LGBTQ community. Everybody who was a part of it, including you, like to be super supportive of it. And like all along the way, right up to the, the, the shot at the end of the Greg and Manuel kissing, having Wendell Lee animate that scene that I'd never seen two guys kissing in a Disney movie. Making this film was definitely hands down one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, not just in my career, but, but in my life. So we want to thank everybody at Disney Plus for uh, supporting our film. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride Month. Enjoy the film. We hope you love it. So it's called Spark Shorts. Movies about to play, or the shorts about to play now. Some psychedelic stuff going on. Darling, just keep watching. Something will happen. Jim, no, get back here. Something magical. What'd you do? Come on. Hey, Greg, look what I found. Hmm? <laughs> the 
picture of the two of them. Remember this? <laughs> I remember you hated camping. Think you might hang it someplace other than your sock drawer? Once we're in the city, I'll hang it right out in the open. I promise. And if your mom and dad decide to visit? Ha! That'll never happen. Happy moving day! Ah! It's them. They're here. Greg, what are they doing here? I don't know, but you gotta go. I'll call you later, okay? Tell them. Okay, that's as much as I'm going to play. He ends, I ended it there with uh, what is wrong with me. Well, they're trying to... This is pure corruption that they're pushing on kids. And I've noticed it in other Disney movies. And I have to, you have to be careful. We're, my wife and I are very careful with what we let our children watch. And some of the stuff that comes up is like, nope, nope, you're not watching that. Uh, just like the the newest movie, I watched the trailer, or maybe the first five minutes of it is called Red, or Red Panda. I'm getting off the subject a little bit. But uh, I think I can't say that that's a Disney movie. I do not know. But anyway, I said, nope, you're not watching that. So I had to cut it off. But anyway, so Disney has these gay guys making cartoons that kids are going to watch and pushing it on them and say, this is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And they're so excited that Disney has now two men kissing. And that's actually, they're kissing in this cartoon that kids are going to watch. So they're grooming kids to, to this lifestyle. And I had somebody I was speaking to the other day. Well, why, why, why would I feel this way being so young? Why would I, my, why would my tendency be to that direction, be like that? And I answered him, the devil, again, I told him how wicked, I, trying to explain to people that the devil's wicked, you'd think that would be easy, but people don't get it. God is good and holy and just and righteous, but they don't understand. You tell them the devil's wicked, evil, a liar, he's deceitful. He's cunning, and everything he does is is to to uh, trick you, destroy you, to trap you, take advantage of you, to molest you, to uh, convince you that God is not real. But no, people don't get it. But I try. The devil wants to take children because it's easier to take them off the path. I've had me being a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor at a. Uh, at another church here in um, Spartanburg, South Carolina, where I'm in, where I'm at now. 
and that I've been preaching for over a decade now, uh, but I've been a youth pastor at part of that time was a youth pastor. And so I, I taught a lot of kids. I taught children's church and for several years at, at this church, I I'd had ch- kids that were out in the world that were going to school, public school that were being taught. And I had years to try to teach them the word of God and, and see the, the, uh, the importance of memorizing the Bible, reading the Bible, studying it and applying it. And I would emphasize loving God as obedience. What God tells tells us to do in his word, we follow it, we obey it. If we love him, we show him by our obedience. We, we cherish and love his word because it's a love letter to us. And I try to describe that doing things the way God wants us to do it is pleasing and honoring to him. And so being able to ha- to watch them grow for several years and to, to, to grow up and to have to make decisions and learning to, tr- to use God's word on th- with the decision that they make, that it's a huge responsibility. And some, in spite of all that, were still snagged by the devil with his trickery, his deceit. And still were, were, were yanked into to this wicked way of life, this wicked sin, which only corrupts the body and corrupts the soul. So our job to, as we fight against the devil, to try to win these children to, to the Lord, the battle is real. The war is raging and the devil doesn't sleep. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 6 says, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Let's think about that for a minute. I want to think about that. He said, Anyone that offends one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus, this is red letters. My In my Bible, this red letters, the words of Jesus. He said this straight from his mouth while teaching to a congregation of people. He does not tolerate grooming children. He does not tolerate molesting children he does not tolerate these wicked things perverting kids minds who did he leave here in charge of this christians we are supposed to guard the children and watch them but what have we done we just throw them in front of the tv and let them watch whatever they want to watch let their minds turn to mush that's what we've been doing. Look at everyone around us. Now we've, what's the term for the kids now? The snowflakes. But I believe that's the parents doing the lack of their teaching, the lacks of their um, admonition, lacks of lack of correction, lack of discipline, lack of obedience to God's word. He said to spare the child, spare the rod, spoil the child. If the father loves his child, he will spank him, correct him many times. 
It's like a tree. You just plant it, it'll start growing crooked or bend with the wind. But you straighten it. You tie it up so it'll grow straight. Uh, I know some that have taken rolled up uh, newspapers, and if a uh, tree's bending one way, you just keep beating whatever direction that is with that that uh, newspaper until the tree will finally start growing the the direction you want it to go. God has given us his word to follow. It's not a suggestion. If you want to live a good life, we follow God's word. Yes, he gave us free will. We choose. But his way is the right way. His way is the holy way. His way is the correct way. Anything else falls short. There is mercy in what Jesus said here in verse 6. He said, But whoso shall offend one of these little children which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. When someone goes steps this far, as far as correction in the physical realm, they've gone beyond. Um, beyond, I can't, I can't say beyond forgiveness for from the Lord. He's He forgives, but justice has to be carried out. Notice what Jesus said that they're thrown in the sea. At least when they're thrown in the sea, think about this: with a millstone, they've just perverted a child or molested a child, groomed a child. While they're sinking to the bottom, there's a chance that maybe they repent of what they did. Remember, our souls are eternal. Our physical bodies are temporal. If we offend a child, God's creatures, our physical life must be stopped. Our eternal life lives forever, and we have to decide whether we live eternally in hell, in rejection and disobedience to God, or accept His grace and His mercy and His sacrifice on the cross and live in eternal, in eternal life with Him. But we have to decide between the two. But when we disobey and we, we do something against God's Word at this point, physical life must be stopped. That's called capital punishment. We have not been doing that because there's not been men stepping up. There's not been women stepping up. There's been this psyop going on. Well, men can like men. Women can like women. Men can be women. There's been a corruption, a perversion of God's creatures the way he made us. It cannot be tolerated. There's an example that Jesus left us with to know for sure. We know he doesn't tolerate sin is sin. All sin sends us to hell without reject or re rejecting God sends us to hell. God provided a way of escape, but if we live in our sins, we will go to hell because we've rejected his forgiveness. We've rejected his gift. That he provided for us. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And to back up what I'm saying with the word of God. If you have a problem, it's not with me. It's with God's word. And I'm going to read several verses out of here. Because 
so I don't take things out of context. First Corinthians chapter six, verse one. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Now that right there is a handful to try to comprehend. We are going to judge angels. And yet what do you hear? The very first thing that comes out of someone's mouth, if you try to correct someone's, the error of their ways, you can't judge me. Paul says here that we've been called to judge even angels. And we are bringing it before secular. We're letting the secular courts decide things that Christians are capable and have been given the responsibility to handle. Verse 5, I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. That's the problem. You're letting unbelievers decide in a believer's matter. Verse 7. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather just suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud and that your brethren, you defraud your brethren, your brother in Christ. You're supposed to make it right. But we're going to go, we'll sue them. We're going to bring them to court in front of a pagan person instead of that. That makes Christians look really good. I'll say that. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Fornicators are those that uh, commit sex acts out of marriage. Idolaters are ones that put things in the place of God. Adulterers are those that commit sex acts while they're married with someone else they are not married to. Nor effeminate. Effeminate is a man acting like a woman. That is a sin. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That is homosexuals. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. We have it very backwards. We have churches that are accepting the sin and allowing the sin in the church. This is to their shame. We are supposed to condemn the sin. We cannot allow this in the life of a Christian. We are supposed to reach the lost. We are supposed to reach those that are living in sin. So another thing that people, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but another thing that confuses people is that they think that 
when we've given our heart and life to Jesus and we've surrendered to him and we've asked him to forgive us, we've asked him to come into our heart and save us, we, uh, we act like we're still sinners. We act like we're still lost, like we're going to hell. So I question, have you really been saved if you think that? Do you understand salvation? When Christ died on the cross and he gave his life for us, he saved us from sin. We no longer have to bear the punishment for sin because Christ forgave us. We are no longer sinners, but we are saints. We are the children of God. Sinners are those that have rejected God or have not even accepted him that are headed to hell. I'm not headed to hell, so I'm not a sinner. But listen to me. Don't just listen to me. That does not mean I will not trip up and sin occasionally. That doesn't mean I will make I will not make any more mistakes, but it means I'm not a sinner. I've been saved by grace. I am a child of God. I do not continually live in sin, and I am not condemned to hell because I put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Understanding that determines how we live for Jesus. Because if we're always living in guilt and because we're, we're sin, we're sinners, we're sinners, we're, lo we're lost, we're going to hell, we're, never, we're not going to do much for God. We're not going to do much for Jesus because we have to realize we've been redeemed. Redeeming means we've been bought back. We're not owned by the devil anymore. We're not sinners anymore. We're not in that category anymore. Yes, we'll sin. We're human. We ask God to forgive us. We get back up and we move. We're the child, his child. He'll be disappointed in what we did, but we still have the same position in the family. We're not in the devil's family anymore. We're in God's family. So let's remember that distinction. Okay? It's very important to understand that. If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved, which means we are redeemed by the shed blood of Christ on the cross. Those that live in the wickedness of this world do not go to heaven. Those that follow the sins of this world will not go to heaven. That means they are sinners. That means they are lost. And you have to recognize, before you can be saved, you have to recognize that you're lost. You have to realize that what you do in disobedience to God condemns you to hell. We are born condemned to hell. We're born in sin because of Adam, because of his disobedience in the Garden of Eden. We are condemned to hell. We're already condemned to hell. There's not a middle, any middle ground. We're already going to hell. We have to realize we're already sinners. We're as the without Christ, we are sinners. 
without accepting his free gift, we are sinners. We have to realize that being a fornicator means we've sinned and we're condemned to hell. Being an idolater means we're a sin, sinner and we're condemned to hell. Being an adulterer means we're condemned and going to hell. Being effeminate means we're condemned and going to hell. Abusers of themselves with mankind being a homosexual means you're condemned to hell. Now pay attention. Stay with me. Okay? There's hope. There's God's grace and His mercy in this, and we're going to get to that. But we have to understand that when we disobey God, no matter what it is, verse 10 says, no thieves. If we've stolen something, we're condemned to hell. If we drank and became drunk, we're condemned to hell because we disobeyed God. We have to understand this. It doesn't matter what we think. It, your opinions don't matter. It's what God's word says. Extortioners condemned to hell. No, no one that's disobeyed God, no matter how small or how great we think the sin is, we're condemned to hell. But this is my favorite verse right here, verse 11. You may know it. Out of all this, we have to first, you notice how Paul, he's getting our attention. You're condemned to hell. You've disobeyed. You're lost. You're headed to hell. But notice what he says in verse 11. He says, and such were some of you. And I praise the Lord for that. He says, such were some of you. Meaning, let me read the whole verse. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Praise the Lord. That's what allows me to say with confidence that I'm saved, that I'm going to heaven, that I'm not condemned because of my sins, but he washed them away. I'm not a sinner. Notice this. It's an about face. 9 and 10 describes the wrong. The, the, the actions were condemned to hell for. Disobedience. Because of our disobedience, that condemns us to hell. But because of our obedience, our surrender in Jesus Christ, we're saved. Verse 11 says, some were. That means any of this listed means you're condemned to hell. But... There's a way out. There's an option. And it is only through Jesus. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Well, that's how you obtain. If you are a homosexual, you're condemned to hell. If you're gay, you're condemned to hell. If you're transgender, you're condemned to hell. If you're effeminate, you're condemned to hell. But God is has provided a way out, a way of salvation already verse 11 says and such were some of you that means if you've accepted god's salvation you've accepted his free gift you've accepted his redemption his innocent blood that was shed on the cross and we're going to celebrate this on easter his resurrection yes he died yes he shed his blood he shed blood and water he was completely dead on the cross he was buried completely dead and on the third day, he rose again. Such were some of you. You have the opportunity. Now, this is my state. This is the condition that I'm in now. 
because I trust God's word. I've surrendered to him. I'm told you I'm human. I'm not perfect, but I've surrendered my life to him. He said, such were some of you. Ye are washed. That means the sins, whatever you did before, has been washed away. Ye are sanctified. You've been purified. You've been cleaned. Scrubbed out. All that wickedness has been scrubbed away. But ye are justified. Justified. Just your position with God is just as if you had never sinned. In the name of, and the only name, the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. We know that when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we realize, yes, God, I'm a sinner. Yes, Lord, I disobeyed. But I understand that you've offered a free gift. And I trust you. I believe that you are the Son of God, Jesus. I believe that you died for my sins on that cross. I believe that you were buried three days. And I believe you rose again. And I understand that you came to us through the virgin birth. If you believe that, you surrender your life. Trust him. You're washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's it. But there is an about face, 180 degree turn. People trying to deceive themselves and holding on to the wickedness, trying to be gay and saved. That doesn't happen. Trying to be thieves, trying to be effeminate. This is, listen, these are, they, I mean, even the, the those that are living in this sin say it's a lifestyle. Well, it's the condemned lifestyle. You're condemned to hell. The life is a, is condemned to an eternal fire, damned to hell, unless, unless repentance is there, unless an about face is there. We must turn. So what we should do as we share this with others, you have to first realize that the error but then correct it, make a correction. So we have this, the deception of the devil into thinking. Churches are accepting, well, you can be this way and you can serve God. That's a lie. You can't. Well, I can do what the world does and be okay. I'm in good standing with God. That's a lie. I can serve God and still do this to do what the devil has for me. That's a lie. You can't. You can only do one or the other. There is no mixing. He said, stand out from among them. Be ye holy. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Too many people want to try to wash it down, water God's word down. He told, he told us, be holy, because I am holy. Think about it. God told us to be holy, because I am holy. What other excuse do we have to that? There isn't one. So I want to read a, go to back to an article. I've got another more scripture to look at here in a minute. So we're going to go to an uh, an article here. I'm trying to play the audio, but my audio is not working. So bear with me. I'm going to read it here. Uh, Florida Representative Gates rallies state legislators against woke Disney, uh, and he says, "I'll tell you how to trap this rodent." Uh, the article's uh, the Gateway Pundit, and I would encourage you to to look up this website, the Gateway Pundit. They're very good. The articles are. Are really good. I th this one I think says by Isa Cox. Um, says last month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis declared um, declared 2022 as the year of the parent in the Sunshine State. But it quickly 
but it's quickly beginning to look like this might be true for the whole of the country, both politically and culturally, as Florida's top Republicans face off against Disney's loyalty to the pressure of the woke mob. U.S. Congressman Matt Gates of Florida is now rallying his Twitter followers behind DeSantis' uh, revelation this week that lawmakers are considering working to rescind special protections that Walt Disney World enjoys in the state as the theme park and media giant commits to incorporating more LGBT characters and themes into upcoming productions. All right, so as I said before, Disney is part of the CIA, but if you want, if you're interested in that, we can dig up some stuff on that. Um, don't hold me to that, though. Uh, t- what I mean by that is tell me here in the comments, if you want to know more about that, we'll dig some stuff up and see what which di- what direction that research goes. Uh, let's see. Gates tweeted, Things that scare Disney, municipal disillusion, copyright expiration, combined reporting. He said, I'm the former finance and tax chairman of the Florida House, and I know of what I speak. DMs open for Florida legislators. He's added, I'll tell you how to trap this rodent. I presume he's speaking of Mickey Mouse, maybe. Anyway, I'm thankful that there's people like this stepping up, and that's what we as Christians have to do, is to step up against this wickedness. Disney is not the sweet little, cute little cartoon that everyone thinks about. So I've been telling people this for years, and that Disney's corrupt and brainwashing kids. Nobody likes to believe me. They try to ignore me or call, think I'm crazy. They won't say it to my face, of course, but you can tell because they don't want to hear it. And I've been saying that. Some Disney movies are good. Like I like watching some of the old Disney movies. Uh, Davy Crockett, for example. Things about America and how the Lord... There are some good movies, Some some old ones. I have to say some old ones. But anyway, supporting Disney now, like Disney Plus, that means you're supporting the LGBTQ plus P, whatever, whatever it is now. You're supporting that movement and you're you're supporting them to um, indoctrinate kids and brainwash them contrary to what God's word tells us to do. So, in 1967, the state of Florida granted Walt Disney World special legal status, which allows it to govern itself municipally through the Reedy Creek Improvement Act. Rather than local governments, Disney is in control of everything from construction, zoning, building codes, and fire department services to controlling its own electricity, roads, and water, meaning If the law is repealed, Disney will now have to get government approval for decisions about its operations, which might be harder or take longer to get, Forbes explained. Disney was also bailed out of accountability under DeSantis' social media platforms bill in the 11th hour last year when a provision was included that exempted operators of theme parks something which the governor said was 
meant solely to protect Disney. So, with Disney's vow to work to repeal the Parental Rights in, edu in the in Education Act, which DeSantis signed on Monday and has been mischaracterized by opponents as the don't say gay law, the state's Republicans are now floating the idea that the entertainment giant might just no longer be allowed to operate as their own little woke corporate um, uh, fiefdom under their these protections. <coughs> if I said that right. All right. So. The woke CEO of Disney is fighting, and the, the LGBTQ crowd is is upset that they didn't start fighting Ron DeSantis sooner and his bill. They're so now they're all coming out. They're more upset that they can't groom kids than they are about abortions. They're more upset about not being able to molest kids. You, have you heard about the, the Disney workers being arrested for that, for human tra trafficking, child sex trafficking? It's happened, and that's one of, that's been happening for years. So they're upset, more upset about trying to um, sexualize kids than any real crimes. Uh, so this is a problem here. And I'm just glad DeSantis is sticking up. If you want to read, the, I'm not going to read the whole article. Uh, if you want to go to the Gateway Pundit and pull up Disney, you can uh, find that article there. Uh, we as Christians have to... Stand up and resist evil. Resist the wickedness. We have to represent God, His kingdom. That's why He left us here. That's why He didn't call us home. We didn't transcend like uh, Enoch or Elijah. He left us here to do a job. So we have to teach and preach. Teach and preach. Teach and preach. I want to go to Jude. Go to the book of Jude now. And uh, talks again. It's based on the same subject, this wickedness of uh, sexual corruption that they're trying to indoctrinate the kids with. So in Jude, Jude is only one chapter. 25 verses. Uh, I preached on this not long ago about fighting, contend for the faith, do battle. Those are words, now that I just mentioned it, those are words that Christians don't like too much. Fight, contend, do battle. We'd rather know that the Lord will fight our battles. We'd know, rather know that we can sit on the pew and pray a little bit and God will handle the situation. He'll take care of it. We we kind of forget that the part our part that God gave us. We kind of look over that, but Jude doesn't. I might just read the whole chapter. Like I said, I don't like taking things out of context. 
the whole book. I'm going to read the whole book of Jude, actually. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, that's us if we're Christians, the Father, and preserved in Christ Jesus, are called, sanctified and preserved, not sinners. If we've accepted Christ, we're sanctified and preserved. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to you if you're in that position with God. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Instead, he wanted to preach salvation. Instead, he wanted to preach Jesus. But he noticed that he had something very important that he had to address. Earnestly contend for the faith. Who is contending for the faith? Can you mention somebody? Do you know somebody that is contending for the faith? That is standing up outright fighting for God's way in everything. Saying, God said to do it this way. This is the way we're going to do it. Jesus is the Son of God. He founded this country. We're going to go by his law that he put in place. Is there anyone doing that for real? Or are they just saying it? Verse 4. For there are certain men crept and unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner give themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, that means Men against men, women with women, men with animals are set forth for an example, suffering the vigilance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not or did not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. That was Michael the archangel. But these speak evil, these wicked ones ordained to this, of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and, it, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. We cannot associate with this wickedness. We cannot tolerate it anymore we have to stand up and resist it we have to contend for the faith when we step back there's a vacuum created and guess what fills it wickedness sinful things lust 
the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So we have to be step, we have to be proactive. Verse 14, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches with a rich, ungodly sinner. Against him. These are murmurers, complainers, and their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostle, apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves. Sensual, having not the spirit, but ye believe on most mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. See some have to have compassion and be gentle with others we have to say hey man what are you doing what's the deal here see there's a balance to everything so we have to be gentle with someone we have to be quick and swift and deliberate like um tactical with others verse 23 and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire hating even the garments spotted by the flesh We cannot accept wickedness. We can't accept evil. We don't tolerate it. God doesn't tolerate it. We shouldn't tolerate it. Verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I wonder who that could be. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Praise the Lord for his word. See, none of this that I'm speaking on is my words. It's God's word. God inspired, his word is inspired. And I know this has been a while. This will be a long podcast, but I don't think you mind. Um, we need to... to Apply God's word to our lives and we need to take charge. We need to do something. James says, faith without works is dead. Not that you won't not saved, but that you're not obeying the Lord. Or maybe. Maybe so. We need to. Take God's word as he says it. Second Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If, if, the, if, we, if there are more Christians were in, 
in that condition, understanding God's word is inspired, understanding, yes, men wrote it, but God told them what to write, that it's profitable in everything for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. If everyone understood that God wants us to, to live righteous, to live godly, holy lives, in Jude, we just covered, I know we've covered a lot, but ungodly simply means without God. Anything do anything that we do ungodly, that means without God. So if we do something without God, it's ungodly. God's word helps us to be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what we should desire to be. And as we desire to do that, we're going to realize, hey, I cannot tolerate you sinning. I cannot tolerate this sin. I cannot be in the presence of immorality. I do not tolerate it because I serve a holy God. My father is holy. He told me to be holy because I am holy. I love Jesus. He is my savior. And he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And because I love Jesus, I'm going to keep his commandments because I love him. I want to please him. I want to make him happy as my father. My children do things that because they want to make me happy because they're happy when I'm happy. They see that I'm pleased in what they're doing. Same with Jesus. We're his children. I hope you are. And he loves us and he cares for us. And he had compassion on us enough to give us his word. He had compassion on us to die on the cross. To give his life for us. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, share this if you would with others uh, that may need to hear this. And understand that the devil in his deception, he's crept in our homes. He's crept in families he's crept in our schools he's crept in our work he's crept in our churches i gotta snap out of this lackadaisical condition and fight contend for the faith so i encourage you to do that if you haven't already uh let's close in prayer dear father lord we thank you for today we thank you for your many blessings thank you for this opportunity to be able to to read your word and study your word I hope that we'll apply your word uh, in our daily lives and see uh, that we need to contend, we need to fight. We cannot tolerate sin. You don't tolerate sin. You don't expect us to tolerate it. You want us to love the person but hate the sin. We do not condone sin, but we have compassion on the sinner. Help us to honor and glorify you. Help us to do right. Help us to be faithful to you in, in, the, in our daily life at work, at home, uh, no matter who's around. Help us not to put on a front, but put on the, the love for others, having compassion on them, wanting to save them from this. It's a, it's a, a lifestyle, as they would like to call it, that's con condemned them to hell. And we want to save them because we care for them. We don't want them to burn in hell. It's a real place. Jesus mentioned hell several times, that it's real. And we need to make provisions to be to, to steer clear of that place. I thank you for what you've done, what you've given us. I give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hope everyone has a blessed evening. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, uh, please use Joshua Ministry 741 at gmail.com. Uh, follow my Facebook at Joshua Miller. And you can on there you can follow this this services at uh, Grace Baptist Church. And actually the service today was very good if you would like to watch the service there. So follow us there and have a blessed day.